Welcome to the Unfiltered Friends podcast, where we humanize your favorite creators through their personal stories and then learn something from them. I hope you feel inspired by today's guest, and if you do, share it with someone who needs it. So without further ado, here is Unfiltered Friends. Hello, Unfiltered Friends. Today we have on The Dadvocate. This is going to be a spicy conversation. I don't think it's going to be that spicy, but if you came because of the title... Just stay to listen to the context for what we're talking about, because I think it's a really important conversation. So, hello. D- do I call you Lauren? I don't, Lauren, I don't know. If... Lauren works. Okay, yeah. Lauren. The so, advocate would get exhausting this whole time. So, the advocate. <laughs> yeah, because I had heard, I thought you worked for that company, because I, I, there was like the advocates, and I'd heard radio ads for them. Oh, I've never heard a radio ad. Yeah, I just I feel like I thought of it on my own, but then once it started, I googled it, and there are a couple of others. There's some law firms. Um, there is a podcast somewhere out there. I don't know if they're still even updating. Um, so there are other advocates. I'm not yeah. the only one. No, but I definitely kind of claimed it. <laughs> I had only heard of it through those ads, and it was the lawyer company, and those ads have been on for like years and years and years. So when I saw your name, I was like. Hmm. I didn't mean to steal it, but oh, well. I definitely just you have an underscore. Snatched it. Okay, you have an underscore, and that makes it <laughs> the different. biggest difference. They cannot sue me. So if I if I'm honest with you, I actually had you blocked for a little bit. Oh no! <laughs> but it, but it wasn't it wasn't because I didn't like you. It was because I I I am just so I got so tired of being constantly inundated with the gender war stuff. And I was just like, yeah, man, just like just I want out of it altogether. And then people kept sending me your videos uh, because they felt like maybe it would validate me in some way. Um, And then I unblocked you and I started watching and then I watched more and then I followed. Then eventually you followed me back. So you and I have actually had a longer journey than you recognize. That's so funny. But I actually hear that a lot. Um, I've even heard people who were like, when I first started hearing your messages, I absolutely was resistant. I was like, nope, going to shut this down, even from other men who were like, this is literally against like everything that I have been taught. What I have been shown is appropriate to follow. Some guys are like, my girlfriend's going to kill me if they hear me listening to some lady yeah. telling me that it's okay to have a sink cup. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's a sink cup? Oh, yeah. The, so the sink cup is the cup that you perpetually leave next to the sink uh, because you're not fully committed to like either being done drinking, like you don't know if you want more or not. So if you're done with it, it's next to the sink, so you could just load it up. But if you're not done with it, it's next to the sink, so you could fill it up with more water. Oh. And we, so many of us just do this, but it's, it is kind of a, a gender war thing because there was this really popular article that went viral. If you like start to Google it, it'll come right up, but it was called, she divorced me because I left my cup next to the sink. Oh. And it was, it gets deeper than that, but such a point of contention throughout the whole marriage is like, why are you leaving this cup by the sink? Why are you leaving this cup by the sink? And I remember I read it and it was at a point in my marriage where actually things were bad. And mm. I was really resentful toward my husband. And I was like, write this. He always leaves his cup next to the sink. And it's because he's so lazy and he hates me. And he thinks that I'm going to be his mommy and clean up after him. And all those same talking points you hear from so many women. And one day I'm going about my life. I'm drinking a cup of water. I get to the end of it. 
I'm just living my life. And I set it by the sink and I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll come back and fill this up later. Mm-hmm. And it just hit me. And I was like, that's why he's doing it. He doesn't hate me. He doesn't want me to be his mommy. He's just living his life in a convenient yeah. <laughs> way that there's no malicious intent to this whatsoever. And so I was like, maybe, maybe I can kind of talk about this kind of thing with people. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't say- be the only wife who has these conspiracy theories in my head against something so innocent. Yeah, I would say that like would this be a safe assumption that you get painted as a woman hater quite often? Yeah, yeah, there are some people who think that it's um like internalized misogyny and there are some people who are like, "Oh, so you just want to bash women?" Mm-hmm. And it's funny because like if you think about it, in a way, I do bash women, specific women, right? Like just like I will bash some men, but I don't bash all women. I don't bash all men. So that's where the, the context of that criticism, I, I would like to pick apart a little bit because at no point in time am I trying to have this message of, you know, all women are like this and this is just inherently women. I'm trying to talk more on the societal allowances i guess between the genders because what i want to do is make it less a man versus woman thing and more both of us together versus the societal standards and impressions against us yeah i mean when we first started talking you were talking about the fact that you were kind of on the misandrist side of things where you were kind of like screw all men, right? Can you talk a little bit about your shift from that to you actually advocating for men using your platform? Yeah. And it's interesting because it's, I don't think that I ever had the same phase as a lot of women where I was like, Oh, I just hate all men. I just hate all men. But I think the the advocating started first because when I met my husband, who's a single father, I was just like so in love with him and how hard he worked to be a part of his son's life. And so that issue was always important to me. But of course, the longer you get into a marriage, the longer you live with people, the harder you butt heads, the easier it was for all these different messages hitting me from every end of like, you know, you could do better. That's the bare minimum. There's better for you out there. If he wanted to, he would. Hitting me from all sides and almost like brainwashing me into believing, yeah, my marriage ain't shit. I'd be better off without him. And so I I was believing all these things out there. I was seeing everything that he was doing as like, this is weaponized incompetence down to like the sink cup. And finally, I think it was like I had a dream that we were actually divorced. And I was actually in this life where I had to date. And I was like, no, no. (laughs) And I woke up and I was like, we got to fix this. And so I just started really listening, you know, listening to what he had to say, trying to come to a point of understanding and compromise. And so I'm basically, this is after like years and years and years to get to such a healthy point of our marriage, you know, like we start off so strong and then we got to a point where we were like, man, is this going to be over? Are we going to have to once again, create another family of separated kids? And I was like, no, we're, we, we can't let that happen. And that's not to say that I'm 
on the side of like the really conservative family ideals of people who are like, you need to stay together no matter what. Uh, look, we all know that there are certain situations where a happy marriage is worth celebrating. Sometimes a good divorce is worth celebrating, you know? Divorce but... parties are some of the most exciting parties. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's a really good thing. But I think a lot of relationships, I think we're just, we're cutting them off way too early. And a lot of it is because of these societal ideas of, well, you'll be better without, off without them. The grass is greener on the other side. No one wants to work on it because we're so fully convinced that it's way easier to just end it. Yeah, it feels like, I, I don't know, it feels like when I get into dating situations as a single person now, it's majorly shifted um, in the way that the, the value of me as a man is viewed. I'm viewed, uh, and this is just my experience, obviously, but I'm viewed as less than, less important, mm -hmm. um, uh, a tool through which to support somebody else. And like, to be clear, I do want to support my partner. That's something that I, I value, but I also want a partner that contributes, you know, in whatever yeah. way that makes sense, creates that balance so that we can have a healthy connection and no resentment. What have you seen mindset wise, the shift to um, kind of, it's almost like going away from equal partnership to more almost worship at times. Yeah. And th that's kind of interesting that you put it that way, because I do think that there are a lot of women in particular who are looking for a man to, yeah, essentially worship them. Um, the problem is that, like, I'm actually a big advocate for simping. I think that simping is a Why beautiful would you not thing. simp for your partner? Why would you? I am a simp. <laughs> exactly. If I'm with you, I'm simping. Exactly. I, I love simping. I'm a huge simp for my husband. But the magic happens when it's mutual simping. And that's not what's happening. It's not really cool to simp for dudes. It's not really cool to be a dude orbiter. <laughs> no, it seems like uh, it, any sort of uh, support towards men is majorly demonized or thought of as almost anti-feminist. Yeah. And what's crazy to me is how all you have to do as a woman is say anything along the lines of, I like men, actually. I think they're good. And immediately women are like, what are you, some kind of a pick-me? And it's like, I'm getting so sick of that term because really, what is a pick-me? Oh, it's a person who wants to like steal all the men and sleep with them. Look, I'm a married woman. I am the most laid demographic out there. I, I don't need to like <laughs> pander for sexual attention. I have a husband who I have to like beat off with a broom three times a day. Oh, I mean, like that the motivation because I, I, you know, I've been attacked quite a few times on TikTok, and that's just like the nature of the business. If you speak your mind on things, but any of the women who defended me were called pick me's immediately to the point where they're changing their social media names in like Discord to like pick oh, me yeah. something or whatever. <laughs> and to me, if you are advocating for women, the idea that you will belittle them to the idea that the only reason that they would side with a man is because you want to be a sexual option for them. To me, that's disrespectful to women by Isn't people who are calling themselves feminists. It's very confusing to me. 
And that's a big reason that it's never offended me because I've always kind of seen it for what it is, which is projection is you're projecting onto me the way that you value men. You only see men as being good as some kind of sexual conquest or monetary income. That's the only benefit and value you see in men. That's why you're so confused at the concept of a woman doing something that values a man without either of those two goals. Is that is that what it is? Is that is it because my value as a man is just like a bank account or sex object? I think that's that's what I'm getting out of women who jump to pick me anytime yeah. a woman is speaking positively about men at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, and I want to be clear for anyone listening or watching, like the com the reason I had you on is because of what you said in our conversation. Cause we had a conversation and then I let it marinate for a little bit. And then I said, do you want to come on the podcast? Cause we both uh, kind of get painted in a way where we hate women, but it seems like both of our intentions and maybe you can speak to this is actually to build a bridge between men and women. Why is that being so misconstrued? What, what about maybe your delivery or my delivery that you've witnessed is causing it to look like, Oh, we just hate women, which is so far from the truth. I love women. You know what I think? I think that again is another projection piece, right? Because when you really take a look at a lot of pages that claim to be about empowering women, the secondary objective seems to be belittling men and putting down men, discussing the issues with men. And so I think what a lot of women rightfully fear because there are a lot of anti-women groups oh, yeah. unfortunately even my own comments sometimes get bogged down with like some mm -hmm. anti-women shit that i'm never you're never going to see a liked by advocate it's like no 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 one of those mm -mm. Uh, that don't, those don't get my endorsement but i do always allow people the freedom to tell on themselves so <laughs> go for it make yourself look like an asshole um and so i think that their fear is that when we create places for men, that it's going to inevitably turn into an anti-woman thing. Mm. It's it's hard because there's not too many pages that are fully egalitarian and fully for the message of we are really here for men's mental health and we're not going to forget about women's. It's hard for people to understand that you can focus on both issues. Like me focusing on shit men are going through does not invalidate, minimize, or erase the multitudes of shit that women face. Yeah. It's just they have their spaces and men need some too. Yeah. I think that's something, um, I mean, we'll just get into it. I, I was in college, I was drugged and raped by a woman. And, um, when I went to report it to the police, they laughed at me. And I think that's how you and I connected was me telling that story. And um, I'm curious your perspective on this as someone who, who has these conversations. When I told my story on TikTok, um, I was immediately attacked by a lot of women, um, basically saying that like, what I'm going through isn't as important as to what women go through. And like, I will always acknowledge the fact that women face that to a way higher degree than I ever have as a man, harassment, stalking, all that stuff. What, what in your perspective cause, I mean, I have my theories, but what in your perspective causes someone to look at someone who has survived the same thing, but you think is less valuable, therefore you attack 
Yeah, it's it's that fear of erasure. It's that fear that, and I think it's like one of those like almost a dark pipelines of feminism where like Mm. feminism for the most part is good but there's this weird dark path that is like men are trying to steal everything from us and they take it a little bit too far and these are usually the same types of people who in addition to saying like oh well men can't actually face assault they're just trying to claim that they can so they can claim to be victims and steal this issue away from us and that I, that pipeline usually goes so far as to be the same types of people who are saying well you know trans women don't really exist this is just men trying to steal our identities again and it just it goes down like a worse and worse path yeah. and that's why it's important to kind of talk about these things because i think for the most part most people fall into the feminism umbrella and most people don't want to go down that pipeline. Yeah. Is it a vocal? Is it a vocal minority? Why does it seem like it's not, you know, like it seems like it's a lot. Um, But that's why I think chronically online exists where like, if you go out into the real world and start talking this way about anybody, man or woman, uh, people are going to look at you (laughs) crooked. Yeah, that, that's a really good point as well. And I, I really don't think that it is the majority. Um, I just think that the, the chronically online people have a way of always speaking up while mm. a lot of the people who are like, man, that really sucks that happened. They don't always comment. Yeah. But yeah, I guess like the it's kind of like Yelp reviews. You really only see the bad ones because if <laughs> someone had a good time, they just have one and then move on. I I think about that all the time whenever I'm driving behind a truck and it's like, call this number to tell us how we're doing. I'm like, how many people do you think actually call? And they're like, hey, this guy's been great. He's been using (laughs) his blinker, been using his turn signal, stopping appropriately. I I love this guy. Yeah. People aren't going to put in that that effort, but it's still it's really damaging. So one of the things that like you and I were talking about previously was that you you know, you were having your issues with men, but then were struggling to justify the good relationships you have with men, like within your family. Um, what what happens in that conversation within your own mind where you're just like, I hate men, but here are these wonderful men. I didn't mean you. And it's just like, if it's if it's everyone that feels that way and they're excusing their the people in their lives, it seems a bit, hypocritical man i just love the way that we tied in from how sometimes those few loud comments can make it feel like that's how everyone feels and to this because it ties in so well because really you said oh you were having problems with men well really i wasn't i was having Hmm. some problems with one man and i was allowing everyone else's problems with all these other men to become my Mm. problem and to influence my problem. Mm. And I think that that's kind of what's happening to everyone else too. Yeah. How do you unravel that? What did you do? Again, like for me at the end of the day, I I didn't want to lose my marriage you know Mm. this this is a person who is my best friend and a lot of times i will admit sometimes my content gets a little bit tone deaf 
because of the fact that my husband is a is a really objectively good man. And some people might say, oh, well, actually, he's a bare minimum man. Uh, <laughs> some people might say that by and large, a good man, not a narcissist, not abusive, all, all of the things that are not actually bad. And some people really do get tricked into marrying people like that. Mm. It's just such a small minority and we cannot force all of our husbands, boyfriends, partners to wear the mantles of every abuser out there just because some of their habits are the same. Some mm. of their behaviors have been the same or you've had some of the same problems. Yeah, I, I would find uh, and this is why I've kind of uh, removed myself from a lot of these conversations about gender. So hats off to you. I think maybe <laughs> maybe it's not maybe it's not quite as intense because you are a woman leading this conversation um, or maybe it's worse. I don't know. I can't I can't speak to your experience. <laughs> but what I would find is and this is even people who I was friends with, um, if they were making that comment, all men. You know, it, it, they're not saying some men, they're saying all men. And I would say, hey, what you're saying is is hurting is hurting me. Like it's hurting my feelings to constantly hear you say all men are this and I'm someone who's lovely in your life. And the response was usually if you have a problem with this, then you're part of the problem. And I'm never quite yeah. sure what to say to that. Oh, I, I don't I don't know what to say to that. Do you have perspective on that? I'm getting so tired of that because I, I hear that all the time is someone will say, make some gross blanket statement, like all men are the same. All they ever want is to go out on dates and talk about themselves and never ask questions. Something like such a gross blanket statement like that. Mm -hmm. And so a man will come in and go, I've never done that on a date. And they're like, well, if it doesn't apply, let it fly. Or, you know, we'll only hit dogs holler. So it clearly applied to you somehow. And it's, they're refusing to accept the fact that like, maybe they just said something gross and offensive. Like maybe the reason people are being offended isn't necessarily because you got them or they were actually called out, but because what you said was just objectively false. Yeah. How do I how do I have a successful conversation or is that just because, again, my I would love to have more of a conversation surrounding this. This is one of the reasons that you're here. But it seems like there's always a quick answer to omit me from even being a part of the conversation. So how do we even create that understanding? I don't know how to respond to stuff like that. And I think that's honestly been one of the main reasons that my platform has been successful is because. Men want to be involved in conversations about the differences between men and women, what we can do to bridge those gaps, the problems women are having, the problems men are having, but they're being continuously pushed out over and over again through methods like this through, well, if you want to be part of the conversation, you have to tolerate us just making blanket statements about your entire gender. And if you get mad, then you're the problem. You mm -hmm. have to either agree with me or stay silent. And so Myself and a few other creators have finally started to create these channels where we can actually have healthy, organic conversations where no one's being pushed out just because they are men. You, I think when I fir you first came on my radar was a multi, multi-part series about a certain couple partnership. <laughs> I know, Sean. <laughs> um, can you describe to me what 
partner shaming is and the most common ways it shows up for you when you see it. Yeah. So partner shaming is basically the phenomenon of one person. We see this more in women than men, but men absolutely partner shame. Oh, yeah, they do. for sure. Um, and non-binary people partner shame as well. I haven't caught any yet, but mm-hmm. they for sure do it. Um, the partner shamer will secretly record something their partner is doing or discuss something their partner did, something cringe, embarrassing, bad, will then post it publicly on social media, uh, inviting the criticism, opinions, and often merciless bullying to their partner. Uh, These videos tend to blow up to the millions to a point that people are even admitting that they will make them up Mm. for views to promote their business, things like that. And that's typically, (laughs) I'm sorry. That's just like, that's your partner and you're using it it for per for business purposes and just damaging their name, man or woman, they or them. That's awful. Yeah. Yeah. And so then it's always a formula. They secretly record and shame the partner, um, either for clout, attention, or just validation. Sometimes they don't know that it's going to blow up, but nonetheless, they did it for validation and mm. for attention. That's yeah. always the main reason. Then there's the consequence. Um, either the partner finds out or uh, they start getting some backlash in the comments, You know, rightfully calling them out for what they're doing. And when this happens is when we get the just kidding, we're fine video, which is typically them coming in and saying like, Oh, I didn't know this would blow up. I just had to get some things off my chest, but no, they're like actually a really great partner. And so you guys are actually uh, the problem by taking this too far. Hmm. You guys need to calm down. They always turn it back around on us, the viewer for reacting. Yeah, they're like, you guys took this way too far. I mean, comment sections do. They do for (laughs) sure. But you instigated (laughs) the scenario. Yeah. And so then it becomes a situation of like, well, now I have someone else to blame. The commenters, they they did take it a little too far. And so now they're the real reason this blew up, not me. Yeah. So it's just about attention? Typically attention and the validation. This is, I mean, even before partner shaming, before posting things to social media was a thing, there was always some version of the group chat, be it like the crocheting club or (laughs) the locker room. There was always some version of like, can you fucking believe this shit Randy did? Yeah. (laughs) But now... I don't think people were even ready for how powerful the partner shaming machine really is. So what is it? What, what are the, what's the damage that you see seen done after one of these partner shaming videos uh, blows up? To be honest, I don't think that any of us ever get to see the real damage. Mm. What I've been able to see, uh, is I've certainly seen some people posting things in the aftermath of like, oh, well, now we're fighting. You know, there's obviously some marital or relationship issue. Um, So far, though, typically the partners, I would say, always stay together. Yeah. Uh, it, it very rarely the, in the even in the one that you were referring to the couple, I think the first episode was, oh, this leads to divorce. But in the end, 
they called off the divorce. They decided to stay together. Um, what's really funny is I think that a lot of these, these partner shamings end up bringing couples closer together in the end. Really? Uh, <laughs> yeah, there was with the whole, um, wife strike, husband strike, partner shaming drama. You know, they went on a podcast and we were talking about how because of the drama that came out with the partner shaming, it became in instead of them against each other, it was like them versus the commenters versus the haters. Yeah. And I think a lot of what it is too is men especially have this inherent desire to protect their partner, yes. to protect their wives. Mm -hmm. And if it's true what a lot of men say that a lot of their relationship is based on status, then their wife's character is their character too. And so for a lot of men, they don't even give a shit that their wife just shamed them on the internet. They just want to help their wife get out yeah. of it. Yeah. I don't know that I would have the same. I mean, I would still want to protect my wife, but she would also need to be accountable for the fact that she put our business out on the internet instead of having a conversation with me about it and then may, try to make me look yeah. bad. Like that's a trust thing. That would violate my trust with my partner if they did something like that to me. Yeah. And I think that a lot of us would kill to be flies on the wall for those conversations after the partner shaming victim finds out about the video and confronts the partner shamer. I think we'd all love to really see how that plays out. And I think a lot of viewers of the partner shaming series, they're always craving for the shamed partner to come out and like make a clapback video or something. And it, it just really doesn't happen a lot of the times because people who become partner shamers tend to have very private partners. Hmm. That's the crazy, like, really? additional awful part as well is so many of these videos, when they come out with the Just Kidding, We're Fine video, it always involves them saying something along the lines of like, you know, we would just like this to end because my partner's really private. And I think a lot of it is that they never expected their partner to see it or find out because of how private they are. These are people who don't go on social mm, media. People who don't understand the power that they and have so when they, they put that out there. So just like in the locker room or at the knitting club, they never expect their partner to find out about this, which is the craziest part to me is like my dad's been telling me and my dad is not even computer literate like at all but since i was a little kid he's been telling me everything on the internet is forever mm -hmm. and yet no one seems to take that seriously even in 2023 i don't think they think it through to that level they just think about their immediate emotion which is why it's so important to like take a breath maybe have a conversation with the person that you're with instead of the internet at, at large because the internet is just going to decide is going to side with their own personal feeling not it's not a logical back that's why i do this podcast honestly it's like i want to have these conversations but there's so much nuance in it that needs to be said and there needs to be a back and forth in order for it to people to not project their own things onto that conversation. Yeah. And it, and it was so crazy about the whole partner shaming phenomenon as well is whenever you see these like knee jerk reactions from women of like divorce him, divorce him now, clearly what he's doing is divorce worthy. You're probably thinking in your head, these are women who care about other women. These are women yeah. who are pro female empowerment. However, 
as soon as the flip switches and the partner shamer says, actually, I'm going to stay with them. I just wanted to get this off my chest. The audience turns. They turn so hard and they're like, well, you're just an idiot. You're just an idiot who's willing to accept the bare minimum. Your standards are just on the floor then. And they turn into the biggest bullies. What is that? Imagine. Why do they do that? It's, I'm still trying to understand the whole psychology of it, but I think that a lot of people get it right when they say it's just miserable people who want to see other people miserable. Yeah. So the the title of this is Women Splaining Men to Women, and it's a pretty extensive series. I think I've seen, I think the last number I saw was like 61 or 62. What number are we up yeah. to now? I think we're about in the 60s. Yeah. Yeah. 50s or 60s. What first, what is woman splaining? Okay, so how it started. It started with a video where what I originally called it was I was like, did I just experience positive mansplaining? And it was when I asked some of my male friends about a certain behavior that my husband did. Mm. I would have asked him, but he was at work. And so I was just like, maybe someone will have an answer for me while he's gone. But it was he was always leaving one singular egg on the top of the egg carton. Like we usually get like two. And then when he was down to the last one, he would just like put it on top. And I was always like, what the fuck is this? And I would always get like, what is going on? (laughs) So finally, I like sent a picture of this egg to the group chat of like, you know, some of my most trusted males. And I'm like, my husband does this. What is this? And one of my buddies goes, oh, that's the priority egg. Yeah, you get two cartons at a time, right? I'm like, yeah, I get two cartons at a time. He's like, well, when you're down to the last egg, it's really uncomfortable with the weight for you to have to like pick up the carton like for the egg to fall back so what you do so everyone remembers that that's the last egg and the oldest carton is you put it on top of the newest cartons so that you can that can be the priority egg huh, i've never heard and of I that like, it makes sense though yeah and so he definitely like mansplained male behavior in such a great way and so i made this post about it and i was like wow it's like positive mansplaining but everyone got pissed at me in the comments because of my use of mansplaining, yeah. all these men were like, uh, it's just explaining. You don't have to call everything mansplaining just because a man says something to you. And they were like, I'm giving them the dumb voice, even though they had like a really, a really good point. I was yeah. just trying to sound like a man. But very good. They, they all got mad. So I was like, OK, I cannot call it positive mansplaining anymore. And so I was going to call it husband-splaining, but not every man is a husband. So that's when I was like, well, what is mansplaining? But a man basically trying to explain something to someone that they know more about him on. Right. And Mm -hmm. so like a woman explaining men is so funny because I'm not a man. Right. Mm -hmm. So really it's woman explaining if I try to explain men. So that's when I started calling it woman explaining is look, you guys are sick of men explaining themselves to you. So let me see if I can, Kind of give it the old female twist. I think I think the reason that you get that the negative reaction is because mansplaining one, it's like so subjective. 
but they're so sick of it. <laughs> it will mansplaining would be a man being condescending to a woman, yeah, because he doesn't think she understands because she's a woman. But how do how do you tell whether that's someone's actual intention? So you just stop talking because it's just like I don't want to be condescending, but I just know about this and I want to show you. In fact, that's one of the ways yeah. I show love to people is like, hey, I'm really excited about this and I want to show you, and it would burst. It would hurt if someone was like, oh, wait, a mansplain it to me. I was like, no, I will. Yeah, that's something I might have to touch on because I do talk a lot about um, like neurodiversity, specifically ADHD and dating because Mm -hmm. my whole house is full of ADHD and I'm the one neurodivergent person. Um, And so I've learned so much about ADHD. And that is one really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What did I say? Oh, I said neurodiverse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So neurodiverse. uh, What is it? Um, Spicy. What is it people call themselves? Spicy brained or something? Spicy brain. That's a new one. There's all kinds of terms for it. But uh, one thing I found with uh, specifically ADHD men is a big attribute of ADHD is the the info dumping. Like, oh, I'm I'm so excited about this topic that I am going to absolutely info dump for like three to 15 minutes straight on this. Yeah. And so a lot of ADHD men are just like constantly accused of mansplaining. Mm. And it's like, that's not the term it's info dumping. Yeah. <laughs> Has nothing to do with me being a man. I'm just, I'm just neuro spicy. <laughs> I'm just sharing. I think like you get me started on clouds. I will tell you all the different formations, what they mean about future <laughs> weather patterns. Uh, like I'm neurotypical, but I just like sharing my knowledge with people. What what are some common things that you've had to woman explain to women? What are some of the most common subjects that you see pop up? Mm, the most common ones. That's I would say um, redoing chores. Mm. I would say I'm 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 constantly telling women to stop redoing chores because the act of redoing chores goes against everything that the motivation behind redoing the chores it is trying to correct yes essentially you're redoing the chores because you're frustrated that you don't think that he did them good enough or to your standards Mm -hmm. the problem with this is when not even just a man when anybody sees that the time that they just invested in something was completely worthless because you're going to turn around and do it a different way anyway, more often than not, they're going to stop doing it. Yes. I hear that term weaponized incompetence quite often. And and now there are some people who do things bad on purpose in hopes of this outcome. Mm. And guess what? They're getting it when you redo the chore. Yeah. When you take over, that doesn't bother them in the slightest. I, I can't say that because there are definitely people who notice the chores being done and it pisses them off. Yeah. They're like, what What was the point then of me doing it? Especially the the one that drives me crazy is the refolding the towels. Mm. Because it takes a long time to fold towels. Yeah. It's like, you know, 15 to 20 minutes. And now you're going to completely refold them in a different way. Why did you even ask for his help? Why does that matter? Because that's the one I can completely understand. A lot of women complain that they're always picking up after their spouse, meaning they claim they cleaned the kitchen, but they didn't move any chairs to sweep and they have to do that. Or they didn't even wipe down the counter. That can be really annoying. But when it's a Mm preference-based redoing, 
you are damaging your relationship in so many foundational ways because you're telling your partner, like, my work is useless. You don't respect what I'm doing. And basically, I'm going to get yelled at whether I do the chore or I don't do the chore. So I don't care. Yeah. So like the, for those of you who don't know, the concept of weaponizing competence is purposefully doing something incorrectly. So you're never asked to do it again. But a lot mm -hmm. of what I was witnessing was more so constant criticism because they didn't do it the way that they thought it should be done. And so you just stop doing it because you don't you you do it your way and not their way. And it turns into just constant criticism. So you just kind of stay out of it. Exactly. And so that's the part that I want to explain uh, to to a lot of women. I would say that that's one of the most common ways things that need to be woman explained, essentially. Man, that, that, that's a tough question that I wasn't mm -hmm. explaining, though, the most common ones, because typically when I'm making my series, it's just life happening and then something will happen that triggers a memory of like, oh, this yeah. is something that, you know, me and my husband used to fight about, but now I understand it. I'm going to woman-splain this a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, th there's probably some like common themes, but they're all kind of specific to like what's going on there. Um, I, I, I want to acknowledge you for a bit because very rarely do I see someone who will challenge, this is man or woman, they or them, they, uh, challenge their ideas about something, take accountability for their actions and shift in a way that's going to make a healthier connection. And I think that's such a wonderful thing. And I think sometimes you get really misconstrued as someone who is picked aside. But in reality, it seems like you're just sharing your lessons so that people can have healthier connections and build a bridge. Does that feel accurate? Yeah, I think um, a lot of people see my kind of content. And the first thing they see is like, obviously, the username. Oh, the dadvocate. Some mm -hmm. people are immediately just turned off just by my username alone. Yeah. They have decided already, this is a pick me misogynist without even like reviewing any further content. And I think that they get scared that I'm going to be one of those like, trad wife, conservative yeah like oh stay at home barefoot in the kitchen and make sure the kitchen is clean type women because unfortunately that's a whole trope yes and and not many people stick around long enough to find out all these additional details like for the fact that my husband is the primary caretaker of our children and I'm the primary earner. I don't believe in strict gender roles yeah. at all. I'm trying to deconstruct these ridiculous gender roles as we know them in order to create more equal partnerships. Yeah. What, or I should say equitable. That's not always the goal. What I'm witnessing is like like kind of picking and choosing which aspects of patriarchal ideas and which aspects of empowerment. And it, it's, I think maybe, do you think maybe it's a little confusing to people because we're in like all the lanes at the same time? Yeah, because there's, like I said, there's the the main block of feminism. And then there's these different like offshoots and pipelines of feminism that claim to be about different things. For example, you have uh, the feminist sugar baby pipeline mm. which is like <laughs> we actually believe that the true empowerment for women is using men for what that they what they can provide and this is actually true female empowerment is is when we find men who can provide the most 
for us. This is how women truly empower each other. And then what's crazy about that line of feminism is they're like, okay, we love women because we're going to teach other women how to get rich through men. But we also don't love women because we're going to absolutely shit on women who are not in good financial situations yeah. because they don't listen to our advice. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a confusing time because, in my opinion, there needed to be a major shift in the power dynamic between men and women societally. Um, and I think maybe there's been some aspects of overcorrection. And my hope is that we will land somewhere healthier for everyone involved so everyone can feel loved and supported man and woman alike you know that's that's always been my intention and you actually had um you had a poem a little bit of a poem that you wrote on one of your posts and i want to read it and then i want you to explain what you meant by it yeah (laughs) what a cool world it would be men listening to understand women women listening to understand men mutual respect team effort all of us arm in arm. Why did you write that? Yeah. So I think that was more of a, a celebratory post for something. I don't remember what it was, but something big had just happened. And I was just feeling really great about the whole direction of the channel. And Albert Einstein said, if you can't explain something simply, you don't understand it well enough. Mm. And so I love when celebrating big milestones in my channel to just kind of go over like basically the credo, right? Like I don't have a credo, but like what is the mission statement? What is the point of all of this? And so that was kind of a celebration of this is what I want to see because I think that it is so celebrated for men to value women and to put them on a pedestal and to celebrate them for all of their uniqueness and specialness. And how fucking cool would it be? How much would we just absolutely bombastically explode in a positive way as a society if men also got the opportunity to feel like it was a good thing to treat them that way? There's something that I've always kind of, I'm curious your perspective on this. This is something that I think about is when these narratives are put out there that like men are trash, all that stuff, how do you feel it affects young men and young women who hear these, like I'm talking about middle school, Mm -hmm. elementary school, high school. How is this affecting those young people to constantly hear that message? I, I think it has a really negative effect on, on women because as I said earlier, we're constantly being inundated societally with the ideas of like, Men ain't shit. Men are garbage. Men will let you down. Men mm-hmm. will disappoint you. And it's not giving us a fair chance at at believing in men, mm. which ultimately we I think we all want to do. We want to believe that we can find and live with good men. But it's not doing as much w- damage to women. <sighs> it's definitely hurting women's confidence. Also, maybe least, their ability to connect with good men. Like if you don't think they exist and then someone comes across that seems like it, you just immediately meet it with doubt and rejection. Yeah, it's it's a lot easier to build up defense mechanisms, yes. which are are good and healthy in some ways, uh, but can really hold us back and and turn us into entitled 
judgmental people potentially, depending on how much we let that seep in. Mm -hmm. And as a boy mom, I'm absolutely terrified of how these societal influences are going to affect, you know, our son because he's 14 now going into high school and already he he's being met with presumptions of intention. What, what are his intentions? Uh, skepticism as far as that immediate presumption of guilt mm-hmm. and where we see this is in very simple things. It could be something as simple as me making a comment like, oh, I sure wouldn't want my son to be used for his money. Let's say I make a simple comment like that, which no one would want their child to be used for their money. Mm -mm. The most immediate response from society is, well, why are you worried about that not teaching him consent? Whoa. You can do that too, right? What? And it's, yeah. And it's something that, that boy parents get so often is, well, you're making sure to teach him the right way to treat women, right? He has to know how to treat women, right? And it's like, well, he is. Yes. Don't worry about that. I just find it interesting that none of you guys are hounding me to make sure that my daughter knows how to treat men. Yeah. None of you seem to care about that. In fact, if I tell you, oh, a boy was bothering my daughter at the playground, so she kicked him in the balls, you'll probably start cheering. Mm. Yeah, it's the abuse that like I struggle to watch. Like the the whole like teaching your boys, I kind of understand it to a degree because especially like in religion, um, but society at large, it's it's a lot. The onus is on a lot of on the women to not be attractive instead of on the men to conduct themselves in a respective respectful way. I do see that quite oh, yeah. a bit. But what I also see is the celebration of just straight up abuse towards boys and men. And it's just, it's really, yeah, it's really hard to watch because it's like, that's just another person getting abused. Why is that abuse okay? But yeah, that but that's actually one of those areas where, you know, there are a lot of areas where men are contributing to their own problems societally. Mm-hmm. And one of those ways is the dad waiting with the loaded shotgun to meet his daughter's boyfriend, right? Like now we're contributing to our own problems with male-based issues here because you're perpetuating that presumption that all men are so dangerous that they need to be physically threatened and have like the fear of being killed put into them before they can be taken seriously. In all honesty, though, that whole trope has very little to do with the daughter and everything to do with the ego of the man. It's like, this is my role. Yeah. This is what I do. If I don't do this, I'm, I guess that maybe gets into the realm of toxic masculinity, the the roles that are you're mm-hmm. expected to play. But I think you're responsible for yourself in that situation. Uh, yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So I appreciate this conversation. It's been, it's going to be really fun to go through. I learned a lot from you. If people are inspired by you, want to reach out to you, where's the best place for them to do that? 
honestly, my email, like if they really want to reach out, lauren at dadvocate.net. Mm-hmm. I check all the time. TikTok messages are a shit show. I don't know if you've ever tried to like read your TikTok messages. I stopped. It, it, the whole way that it's set up is you can't even like go past like 12 at a time. And so it's just, there's no easy to delete option no i i will never see tiktok messages no. unless they're mentions yeah um instagram messages are usually good yeah but emails the best the best well thank you for being <laughs> on unfiltered friends and thank you for your time yeah thank you for having me i had so much fun <laughs>